Welcome to the Southeastern 14 podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Barry Allen joins me today. We did not do this podcast as much as we normally do last week because I was in Hoover. Barry was out covering baseball on his own right. And anyway, it's just hard to do podcasts every day when you're in the middle of that. But we are back at it, and we are very excited because for the first time in two years, we've got an NCAA tournament to play. We've got brackets to discuss and all the things that go with that. But, Barry, I'm just so excited that we have an NCAA tournament this year and can't wait to talk about it with you. Yeah, and I can't wait for it to start Friday either. I mean, it's just, you know, days like Christmas Day to college baseball fans. You have opening day, you have conference uh, openers, and then Memorial Day Selection Monday. You know, Memorial Day stands for so much more, but, you know, it's always been the tradition of the NCAA selection show followed by the men's lacrosse national championship, and it was just, it's so good to see that on ESPN today. I mean, you know, you reflect on the, you know, the holiday, Memorial Day, to observe the better, uh, the men and women who served our country, and God bless them and those who are doing it. But to, man, to see the brackets pop up one at a time, and, and and it was such a, it was such a great day today to be able to, you know, see those names plug in, and we got, you know, when we got college baseball postseason back in 16 venues, and then super regionals, and then. I can only imagine what Omaha is going to be like this year after a one-year absence. Well, for the SEC, it's hard to beat what happened today because you got six teams that are one seed. You got seven teams that are hosting. You had three teams that thought they might have a chance to get in the field but didn't know. Two of the three got in. I think for the SEC, it ended up almost about as close to a best case scenario as you could have expected. Yeah, I thought today the SEC had a you know grand slam really. Uh, seven hosts, uh, nine teams got in. You know we've talked several times over the last few weeks of you know seven hosts and nobody else, and you know LSU and Alabama, and Georgia, and uh, you know Alabama is one of the last four in, and LSU or Georgia is one of the last four out, and uh, you know, from a from an LSU and Alabama standpoint, it looked like RPI mattered, and you know they won a bunch of games against really good competition. Uh, you know, I was looking. We were talking yesterday with some friends about Alabama. You know, they won three games against Wright State, who got in. They won three games against. Um, um, won a game against Sanford. Won a game against uh, South Alabama. They're in three games against McNeese. They're in. And then plus the rugged SEC schedule, so they had a ton of wins against teams who actually got in the tournament. And LSU had a good for, you know, good fortune as well. And you know, didn't quite work out well for Georgia. Um, I think they were kind of on the, you know, they're right there at it, but it just, you know, probably wasn't enough for them. And uh, you know, it was a good day for LSU and Alabama and the SECs. I think have to be very happy with, you know, seven hosts and nine teams, you know, moving on Friday to play for a national championship. Well, we're going to spend most of the podcast looking forward, but let's do a little looking ahead and looking back at the same time. Arkansas, the number one national seed, there was zero question about that. And, boy, hats off to the Razorbacks, not only winning the SEC's overall regular season title outright, but going through the conference tournament, winning that in four games without a loss and getting rewarded with that in the NCAA field. What a season Dave Van Horn and the Razorbacks have had. Well, 
it's hard to say it's the best ever because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of teams, but it, it it's got to be one of the top five or top ten seasons by an SEC team all time. I mean, that, that that's an incredible year. Uh, they didn't lose an SEC series all year. Um, they had the pitcher of the year in the league. They had uh, they had a solid lineup, a really balanced lineup. You know, they 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 struggled a little bit on the mound with starters, but found their way in the middle of the season. They you know they found a bullpen. They found the you know they found the best pitcher in the league and uh, Kevin Copps. And you know the one thing that had eluded you know Arkansas was an SEC tournament championship. Uh, they, Georgia and Kentucky and Missouri had never won it. And now Arkansas can come off that list. And I, I want to brag on myself. I picked them to win over Tennessee, by the way. I think that's the only thing I got right in the whole tournament last week. But I just felt like that team, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I just felt like that team had the cockiness and the brashness of the way they played this year to go, you know what, we've never won this league. Let's just go win this thing. Let's just go do it. We're we're good enough. We're the best team. Let's just go win the tournament. And they did, and they had some incredible performances in Hoover. And you know, hats off to DVH and the and the Razorbacks because they were they are as advertised, and they deserve everything they've gotten. And and uh, you know, they're going to be one of the teams fighting to win the national championship in Omaha, which is now the only thing Dave Van Horn has not accomplished as a head coach. Well, speaking of brass, that describes a few teams in the SEC, but the next one I think of is Tennessee. The Vols earned the number three national seed. I wasn't really sure about whether Tennessee or Vanderbilt deserved to be seated high. I wrote a piece about that yesterday. I, I tend to fall on the side of Vandy, but it's almost a flip of the coin situation. Now, I was surprised that Texas jumped both of them. I look at the metrics for the RPI, and I don't get that at all, but Tennessee really was fun to watch in Hoover. I thought the way the Vols hit the ball just showed you, again, how tough that lineup is to pitch to from one to nine. Tennessee got some mileage out of some arms down in Hoover, too, maybe more so than we were expecting. But the Vols, a number three national seed, no, the, the draw is just, I thought, frankly, absurd. I thought Tennessee deserved a whole lot better draw than it got is the third national seed. I, I think that that probably is the toughest regional out there in terms of just balance. But Tony Vitello and crew just really showed in Hoover what that bunch was made of, and the Vols really heading into the NCAA feeling good about themselves. And they should be. They had an outstanding year as well and won the East and, uh, you know, close to winning the whole thing, you know, just because Arkansas was just a little bit better and they won the, you know, they won the series head up week nine over Tennessee. In, in three really, really good baseball games. But you're right. You look at this Tennessee regional, you got Tennessee as the one, and Duke as the two who won the ACC tournament, who a couple of years ago, Chris, they got Vanderbilt on the ropes in Nashville. They win the first game, and Vanderbilt's do or die to go to Omaha. And, of course, we all know the legend of Kumar Rocker the next night and tosses the old no-no, and then Vandy wins on Sunday, and then they win the national championship. Uh, you got Liberty, who's a really good team, very, very well-balanced team, and Wright State, who we've already mentioned. I mean, they played five games against Vanderbilt and Alabama. They went 0-5, but they were very competitive in four of those five games. And so a, a, an NCAA team with a lot of experience and expects to win the Horizon League every year, you know, they're going to be a really good baseball team facing 
Tennessee, and they've been to Louisville before, and they've been to places. They will not be intimidated by Tennessee in this regional. And, and I agree with you. I think it's a really, really tough draw for Tony Vitello and the Vols. Well, we will get into the draws later, but I want to touch on some things with that draw. I, I look at the Massey Composite Rankings, which averages the computer polls, the track college baseball, the rankings. Duke was ranked 16th in those. And Duke was hot late. It won the ACC. So Duke, really, according to computers, almost a one seed. You've got Liberty, which is number 42 by the composites. That's a really solid three. And the worst thing, the thing you really don't want, is a super tough four. Frankly, Wright State, number 32 in the computer polls. That suggests that the computers thought Wright State was a low two seed when instead it, it's a four. Uh, I, I don't know how in the world Wright State didn't get a three somewhere, but that to me is just a nightmare for Tennessee. I'm not saying the Vols won't emerge. I think they will, but I just did not think that was a fair draw at all, and that was one thing that stood out to me almost immediately. I, I just thought the disparity of Tennessee's draw compared to some of the other teams around the country uh, just re- really was not a just thing for the Vols, especially given that number three national seed. No, and I agree with you. And I think, unfortunately, and I think you and I have discussed this many times over the last few weeks, you know, I don't know that RPI really mattered, you know, mattered in some of these cases. I really and truly think in the year, in the era of COVID, the first question they ask is who can go on the, who good on a bus? And I think that's how they did a lot of this. And I, I, I don't like that. These aren't regionals to me. I don't think they should be, you know, we talked about D2s and D3s where everybody from two conferences play in the same regional in Division Two, And I think that's stupid. I mean, that would, you talk about, say you had a six-team regional with three ACC teams and three ACC teams and the winner goes to Omaha. Well, that's that's just stupid. I mean, it's just not even, SEC and our ACC fans and coaches and commissioners would probably revolt. And I think that's what they looked at. You know, well, you can drive down there. Duke, you can drive. Liberty, okay, well, let's just send them all to to, uh, to Knoxville. What I think they ought to do with this tournament is they ought to, it ought to be the curve. 1 to 16, 17 to 32, 33 to 48, 49 to 64. So what you're telling me, if you did it that way, you're telling me that Wright State is the 62nd best team in this tournament. And I, 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 called, I called no, no on that. that I don't, they're, they're way better than that. You're telling me that Duke is uh, is a 17, and that you know when you said the metrics they were 16, but but they should be playing the 16. They should not be playing the one uh, in that situation. Tennessee should have the 32nd best team in there, and and I think Liberty's way better than where they are. So, so I think it's a really hard draw for Tennessee. Uh, I would not be happy if I were Tennessee. I still think they're good, and I think they're better than these teams, and they will emerge but it will not be easy. They will not be able to throw off on right state. Some of these teams you get in there and go, well, we're going to pitch Johnny Holstaff in game one and set us up for the next three. Now, Tennessee will not be able to do that with right state. Yeah, I agree with you. That's how I would do it too. I I just think it's absurd. A lot of times you see a really good one. In fact, sometimes you see it with the number one overall seed in the tournament, get a, get a four that, that looks more like a three. We'll hit on that in different times. I don't want to spend too long on that tonight because we'll get into that later in the week. But I think on the other hand, you go three hours to the west. I thought Vanderbilt got – no draw is easy, right? And, and Georgia Tech, which is the two seed, will not be easy. But I thought Vanderbilt, comparatively speaking, 
got one of the better draws in the field, uh, not just in terms of who's in the Nashville Regional, but also uh, the the pairing. If East Carolina comes out, I think that's one of the easier teams that Vanderbilt could face in the Super Regional compared to some of the other teams that are hosting. I just thought the Commodores, and a lot of that starts with Presbyterian, uh, which we'll get into the, the, the Blue Hose in a minute for different reasons, but Presbyterian is going to be one of the easier four seeds in the field. And it's always good to get a good start, start off on the winner's bracket. And I think Vanderbilt is probably going to cruise on Friday night and then find that the some of the other opponents that they face, uh, again, maybe not as tough as you find in Knoxville and some other places. Yeah, I think Tim Corbin will have to sit down and, and – uh... He and Scott Brown will have to kind of talk some things over, but I, I would not be totally shocked if they hold Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter for games two and three and, and try to go maybe Christian Little if he's if he's healthy recovered from the SEC tournament or or somebody else or just a, a mixture of guys, you know, going against Presbyterian uh, in game one. Uh, and then have Rocker and Leiter set up to be, you know, the Georgia Tech-Indiana State winner. I think Georgia Tech was a little high seed, in my opinion, as a two. Uh, Indiana State's a pretty good three team out of the Missouri Valley. Uh, that's a pretty good lead. They've got some good teams in there. You know, Dallas Baptist, Indiana State, Illinois State. You know, they got a lot of really good teams. That's, that's a fun league to watch, and that's a very competitive league. Uh, they will play well. Uh, they have a lot of NCAA tournament experience. Uh, I ran into them in 1987 in Starkville. Uh, excuse me, 89. I was the official scorer over there, and that's my first first view of the Sycamores. And I was like, it's pretty cool. You know, they were just – and so they have a lot of history with the NCAA tournament. You know, Bob Wren, who was their longtime coach, has you know, done a fantastic job for them. So they, they won't be intimidated by going to Vanderbilt. I think they were there two years ago. Is that not right? They were. They were. They, they were the runner-up in the Nashville Regional in 2019. They sure were. And again, you know, drive down Georgia Tech, Atlanta drive to Nashville, Presbyterian can drive up. So again, these regionals, you know, you just look at them and they're just, you know, there's, just, there's more, more and more bus bus trips for, for teams. And I understand expenses, but, you know, let some teams travel and go around and do some other things. But, you know, I do think that's a good a good draw for Vanderbilt. I do think the East Carolina draw. East Carolina is a good team, you know. Uh, I, I think they have a chance to. You know, Cliff Godwin's a really good coach. Play, you know, was a great assistant for Mike Bianco at Ole Miss for a long time. But you know, you look at some of these other teams, nine through sixteen, and you know that's probably a little easier. You know, you know, better draw for Vanderbilt than you know some of the others. And uh, uh, I, I like Vanderbilt's you know, path right now of getting back and maybe defending its national championship in Omaha. This season of the podcast made possible by our title sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. Jody is a former Commodore football player and Vanderbilt sports booster. Jody is the guy in Nashville to go to for your general and cosmetic dentistry services. You've never seen a dental office like the one Jody has. It is truly a spa-like atmosphere where you'll be relaxed and he will take great care of you. Please go by and see Dr. Jones. Thank him for his support of the podcast and you will be happy you did. Jody gives great service, great guy. And again, thank you to Dr. Jody Jones for making this season of the podcast possible. Yeah, let's go down... Well, let's first of all, let's talk Presbyterian. That's going to be an interesting matchup uh, in the sense that that's the place that gave Tim Corbin 
his first coaching job. He got that program off the ground from scratch. So I think it was a little bit of a sentimental moment for Tim Corbin today, knowing that he'd be facing the program that he helped launch and, oh, by the way, is making its first NCAA tournament appearance. Yeah, you look at the, you look at the history there. You know, that's where he cut his teeth, his first head coaching job. You know, you think, you know, when you think in football, you know, the guys that, you know, Miami of Ohio is a, you know, cradle of coaches, all the teams that came from Miami of Ohio. And, you know, those, those coaches remember those, you know, those moments, you know, Nick Saban making his head coaching debut at, you know, Toledo or, or, and, uh, you know, coach Brown at Alabama starting at Maryland, you know, those first places are really special to people and trying to get, uh, you know, trying to get yourself started. And, and you did a nice job at Presbyterian and it, parlayed him into an assistant's job at Clemson and that parlayed him into the head coach at Vanderbilt. And there's, there are not enough words to describe what he's done at Vanderbilt. And I'm sure it's a, a, you know, sentimental moment for him today to, you know, see the blue hose on the bracket and they're coming in. And I don't, I haven't looked this up, but probably should have, I don't know that Vanderbilt Presbyterian have played since Corbs has been in Nashville, but uh, I think that's a cool moment for Presbyterian, their first trip. And, uh, you know, that's the first time they won their league and, you know, well-deserved run through their tournament. And unfortunately for them, they're going to draw with a piece of college baseball. And, but a cool moment for, you know, Tim and even Maggie Corbin, because, you know, they, that's where they cut their teeth and that's how they got their start and, and to become the, you know, the great coach that he is at Vanderbilt. So, so a nice, a nice little twist of that regional uh, starting Friday. Yeah, they played them a couple of times. I want to say the last time they were in Nashville was 2018. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's one that a lot of times they try to avoid. Sometimes you will play a team like that where you don't have a big budget to help them out a little bit, which I think they've done. But, uh, yeah, I think the Commodores privately probably pretty thrilled to draw that one as is, is a first-night matchup. Speaking of which, Mississippi State drew one of the tougher fours in Sanford, but I thought – VCU and Campbell is the two and three seeds. Also one of the better paths that you'll see for any team in a regional. Yeah. Sanford, Sanford is a really good uh, team. Uh, They have two really good middle of the lineup hitters. They have played Texas A&M and Florida this year. They will not be intimidated in Starkville. I think they played in Starkville this year. Um, JC Dunn's a really good coach, former Auburn catcher. That's that's one of those teams that always seems to get, you know, messed up in the regionals because they never get to go anywhere. I mean, they're they're always stuck going and playing regionals in places that they've already played. Um, three years ago in 2018, uh, they were the four seed in Tallahassee, and the talk of Tallahassee was, boy, we can't wait for that Mississippi State Florida State game on Saturday night in a winners bracket. And I said, well, you better not count the Samford Bulldogs out because they got some guys in the middle of a lineup that can hit and they had a freshman of the year that was a pitcher that year and now he's a junior in uh, Strickland who's a really good pitcher good left-hander can can really you know they're going to get they're going to get Samford's best guy and they got Sonny Desher at first base who you know leads their league in home runs and leads the league in walks uh and they got Brooks Carlson who was you know a fantastic player to start the year and then just sort of disappeared and then now he's back, and he had a really good SoCon tournament. And then, you know, Campbell, uh, perennial power, 
uh, in the in their league, Big South, and did, didn't win the tournament, but got an at large. Uh, has had some NCAA tournament experience. I think this is their third trip in four years, and in VCU. So, but uh, you know, not not a not a terrible draw for Mississippi State. Uh, two as they're two and three. Their hardest game, I think, is going to be Sanford, and uh, and then their matchup in the Super Regional. I don't I don't think that's a really difficult test either. You know, either Notre Dame, UConn, Michigan, uh, or Central Michigan, who was in the regional and start well, uh, two years ago, the last time we played. So. I, I think Mississippi State probably saw that today in their matchup, and they probably are thinking, uh, you know, we got a good chance to roll back in Omaha. Let's see. Next one on our list in terms of order of seeding, Ole Miss gets to 12. I thought that's another team that got a tough draw. I thought Southern Miss is a tough two. Florida State at three. You never want to see in your regional uh, because, boy, the – the Seminoles just have a history lately of getting in the NCAA tournament and catching fire at the right time. Certainly that's a program that knows what it's like to be on the big stage. SEMO, one of the probably better four seeds also, who the Rebels open with. I just did not think that was a matchup that Mike Bianco was probably really excited about it deep down. No, I'm sure he's not, and he's probably going to have to throw Nikhazy in the first game against them. Uh, talented team out of the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, NCAA tournament experience. Um, so this is a team that they expect to go and, and play game and be in the tournament. And and then the the two three game and they 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 play Southern Miss every year, sometimes three times a year in Oxford, Hattiesburg, and then at Trustmark Park in uh, in Pearl, right outside of Jackson. So they're going to be familiar with Southern Miss. And then Florida State, who's you know has the most appearances in the tournament consecutive streak still going on you know two years ago we weren't sure they were going to get in uh they got in uh got sent to georgia the georgia's a national seed and they win they win the super regional and you know they take 11 to omaha for his last you know his last hurrah but for a team that's in the tournament as much as they are and going to omaha as much as they do it's that that national championship has eluded florida state forever and uh, that will be a really good matchup between a good Southern Miss team out of Conference USA against Florida State. The ACC team is a three seed. And, you know, two old former Metro Conference rivals. A lot of people don't even remember that, but two former Metro Conference rivals back in the day squaring off in Oxford. I, I don't know that Ole Miss would be really excited to, you know, have Southern Miss, Florida State, and Southeast Missouri State rolling into town. I think that's a pretty tough draw for the Rebels. Yeah, Southern Miss will bring a lot of fans too, I bet. Florida State, I think, will too. I, yeah. This is uh, this is meet Mike Martin's first NCAA tournament. He took over for his dad last year, and his you know season was canceled. But this is his first shot at an NCAA tournament. They got some really good players. They got they got uh, I think the nation's home run leader in their lineup. They got a, they got a really good team, and we'll get more into their teams as as we do these. But you know that that's that's a team that expects to be in the regional. They expect to win. They expect to go to Omaha. And it's a you know first shot for Mike Martin Jr. to Take, take his team to the tournament for the first time. Florida got an interesting draw. I did not think that, you know, South Florida, not one of the, the fours that you, you probably fear there, although it did win its conference tournament. Uh, but what's interesting about that one is the Gators draw Miami, which came into Florida's new park on opening weekend, the weekend they were opening that park uh, back in February, and took two or three 
from the Gators and what was a pretty big upset at the time. But now we get the rematch four months later. Yeah, and if Miami coming to Gainesville, shock, shock, no way. I'm not shocked at all. I think, you know, you and I talked about that, that somebody like that was going to be there. Was it going to be Florida State? Was it going to be Miami? Well, it was Miami uh, and won two out of three to open the new ballpark this year. You know, South Florida coming in, winning. I think the only way they're going to get in is to win the American, and they did. And they got in the tournament, and they're the four seed. And a pretty good South Alabama team is a three seed. Uh, with a really, really good offensive outfielder, Ethan Wilson, who's probably going to be one of the first 10 picks of the draft, certainly a first rounder. But not, that, I don't know that that's a, off, that's a great draw for Florida. Uh, you know, South Florida, uh, you know, I think they played a couple of times this year, but not a, you know, something not unfamiliar having two Florida teams in there. Really surprised they didn't make it, you know, four Florida teams and make it a true Florida regional, you know, with, uh, you know, Jacksonville getting in, but they didn't send them there. That would have been – they Jacksonville had been to four. They'd have been five times the Gators and the Dolphins would have played this year. They played a weekend series and then played a midweek game as well. So maybe they decided against that. But not a not an awful draw for the Gators in the first round against South Florida. I mean, they're going to want to win because they're playing the Gators. But, you know, is that a game where, you know, we see Franco Alamon in game one and then we go Mace and uh, – and uh, left, which in game two and three, is that a game where maybe, you know, Sully flips some rotation a little bit? Well, you know, we find that out later. But, you know, certainly some options for him there. But the big dog there is Florida and Miami, you know, trying to play their way out of a regional and, and try to get the, you know, try to get the Texans in the Super Regionals. Well, Jacksonville is not in Gainesville because Jacksonville is in Columbia, is in South Carolina. The Gamecocks, sort of a surprise host from the standpoint of they're not a one C, but that was that weird situation, as we all know, with the NCAA having to find 20 host sites early. You had some teams play their way out. Old Dominion, actually, the one seed in that region, the 11 seed overall, will be playing in Founders Park in Columbia. The Gamecocks, the two seed, and a strong one, I think, at that. You've got Virginia, three, of course, a team with a lot of tournament history. That, to me, for a lot of reasons, the most interesting one uh, because you have Virginia, a team that has played its way out of that three spot and won a national title before uh, in recent memory. And then, of course, we've talked about Carolina all year long with the pitching. And, and then Old Dominion, a team out of Conference USA that's going to go in there and, and be the one seed despite not playing on its own field. Yeah, they didn't bid, I don't believe. Uh, so they weren't one of the 20. I don't think they put a bid in. Um, probably that, that, they don't really have the facility in in Norfolk to do that. Maybe a little bit surprised they didn't try to look around a little bit or maybe try Harbor Park where the old Norfolk Tides used to play um, to try to do that. But, um, you know, they're going on the road to Columbia as a one, uh, a pretty good Old Dominion team who gave Louisiana Tech a lot of trouble this year um, and and playing Jacksonville who you know did not have a good year I think they were last in the A-Sun and won the A-Sun pods and won the tournament and got into the uh, you know got into the tournament with a late season surge and then uh, you know the 2-3 game is very interesting you know South Carolina and I'll ask you this question which South Carolina team are we going to see I mean this is a team that's been up and down all year long and I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Alabama because I think Alabama played really well, but 
that was a bad performance for the Gamecocks at Hoover. That one and done. That was that was. It was almost. I don't want to criticize them. I don't want to say, but it's almost like they were just, hey, you know, let's play. We got some injuries. Let's get out of here and let's get home and and, and get ready for the regional. And that's kind of what it looked like. But and they got the arms. I mean, they they got they've got arms and they got bats. I mean, they got Allen and they got Eister and they got Wimmer and they've got Clark. I mean, you know, they they can win this regional. And, and head to Fort Worth and take on TCU and and they they can they can get there uh, just which team shows up and how do they play over the course of three days and you know Virginia's got a national title under their belt Brian O'Connor a really good you know coach an Omaha guy and wants to try to get his team back to Omaha and you know here they are again the team that kind of got I think they kind of got hot in the middle and the end of the year and played really well at the end and you know here they are as a three seed and. They will be a tough draw for South Carolina in game one. Trivia question. Which team won three games in its regular season in conference and then won five games in its conference tournament and made the NCAAs? Jacksonville. That would be Jacksonville. The, one of the craziest stories of the postseason. I don't know that I've ever seen a team in baseball, Barry, win more games in its conference tournament than it won in its regular season. Have you? No, I, I can't think of one. Uh, just – an amazing deal. I mean, I, I you know, I followed their, their team. I, you know, I follow all, I try to watch all the leagues and uh, just try to keep up with teams. And, you know, I'm familiar with the A Sun because my, you know, buddy, close friend Ricky Hazel's the associate AD at Stetson. And uh, I, I keep up with his career. And, and we've, we've, we've been friends since we were together at Alabama. So I watch their teams. I know teams in the league, North Alabama's in the league, Bellarmine's in the league, and so I keep up with that, you know, just some really good teams in that league, and you look at Jacksonville, and you're like, golly, they're, I mean, they're 16 and 32, they're three and five overall, and they won four games in a row, and here they are going to the NCAA tournament at 16 and 32, and, uh, you know, they beat, you know, they beat Florida Gulf Coast in that pod to get to the tournament, they beat, they made a two out of three, and then they got to the you know, the tournament, and they beat South Florida, and then they beat, uh, I'm sorry, then they beat North Florida and Stetson, and then they, uh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm all out of whack. They beat Florida Gulf Coast, and then they beat Liberty, South Florida, and Liberty, you know, to win the to win their tournament. I was a little, couple of weeks ahead of myself, you know, to get in. So it's just a crazy, you know, crazy deal for them. You mentioned they win, you know, four games in the postseason. And one and and their three conference wins all came since May the first. Uh, they beat Stetson twice, and then uh, Florida Gulf Coast, and then they won four games in the conference tournament. So their seven A Sun wins all came since May the first, which is even more crazy. And they're in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's the definition of catching fire late. <laughs> <laughs> they, they caught something, that's for sure. They, you know. It's hard to say they're one of the hottest teams in the country, but they won all every conference game they won this year. They've done it in the last 31 days, so they must be one of the hottest teams coming in. But I I, I don't know that they can beat Old Dominion. I don't know they be much competition for South Carolina and Virginia either. So, but but an interesting story and a fun story to you know talk about with you know a team that you know just you know started off really rough. They lost three to Miami of Ohio. Lost to Pittsburgh, got swept at Troy, lost to the Citadel. I mean, they didn't win their first game till March the fifth. 
when they beat Wofford. And uh, I think they lost their first nine games. And then here, you know, here they are. So good for them, good for Jacksonville. And, you know, shows if you just stay with it, you got a chance. Well, speaking of catching fire late, Alabama did just enough apparently in the SEC tournament to get an NCAA tournament bid. I think that surprised me a little bit, surprised a lot of people. Not saying that it was undeserved. I just was kind of prepared to see Alabama left out of the field, but really thrilled for Coach Brian Bohannon and that bunch. It just had a tough last couple of years with getting off to a hot start last season, then seeing the season canceled, all the injuries this year, especially with Connor Prelip, and now the Crimson Tide getting back in the NCAA tournament how much does that mean to the folks down in Tuscaloosa, which, of course, is where you live? Well, I mean, it's a, it was a crimson letter day for Alabama. I mean, this is this is a day they've been shooting for for, you know, years and years. And, and it, 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 you weren't really sure it was going to happen this year. I mean, they've had a ton of injuries. And, 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 you know, you just you look at them, and you got 12 SEC wins. Now they're the third team in SEC history to win 12 conference games and make the NCAA tournament. But we talked about it, you know, at the very start of this podcast. I mean, they got a lot of wins against a lot of teams in this tournament. I mean, they've won three games against Wright State. They won three games against McNeese State. They beat Sanford. They beat South Alabama. They beat Tennessee twice. They beat South Carolina. They beat Arkansas. So they got a lot of really good wins against teams that are in this field. Now, they lost a lot of games to teams in this field, too. But – you know, they had one of the top RPIs, uh, well, moderately, but I think they had the number two strength of schedule in the country, and I think the committee looked at that. And they go, you know what? You guys went out and played really good teams. You're in the SEC. You played really good teams. You know, let's say, you know, every week you hear Bohannon talking, you know, well, we got another top five team. Well, you know, there are five top five teams in the SEC, Brad, <laughs> and that doesn't change from year to year or week to week. I mean, that's really how good this league is. And 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 he does it, and Auburn does it, and State does it. I mean, you're playing a top five team probably once every other week because that's how many teams that are in the top five every week in these polls. And I think that helped them. And, they, and I think I don't think if they'd have, if they'd have won a, not won a game in Hoover, I don't know that they could have gotten in, but a win over South Carolina, a win over Tennessee, and the schedule that they played and all the teams that they played that are in the tournament. I think got them in. I, I I felt decent about their chances, but I wasn't like totally locked in that they were going to get in. But they were one of the last four teams in, and they got in. And I think it's a very interesting draw for them. Um, they have a history with North Carolina State. They came to Tuscaloosa in '97, and then played North Carolina State in the 1998 regional in Palo Alto at Stanford. But they're going to Ruston taking on the number one seed Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, who's assistant coach and third base coach, his former Alabama head coach, and one of my good friends, Mitch Gaspard. And I think I'm, I'm happy for Mitch and Lane Burroughs at Louisiana Tech being a host and being a 16, matched up with Arkansas. But uh, that, that place is going to be electric this weekend. Uh, they will be crazy in Ruston. Ask Arkansas. Go call Arkansas and ask them how crazy Rustin is. Go call Ole Miss and ask them how crazy Rustin is. They're two and two against Ole Miss and Arkansas this year, uh, and this is a good team. And and uh, but it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun for you know for me because I, you know my connections with Alabama and then my long you know time connections with Mitch. And, you know, is one of my 
one of my good friends and I, you know, great, great person and a great coach. And I'm happy for him and his, and uh, Lane Burroughs and their team. It, it'll be fun for that regional to see Alabama playing Louisiana Tech and, and maybe, you know, maybe they can get together in the second round. That'll be, you know, Saturday night. That, that, that'd that be a fun deal for both of them. I don't know that Mitch would like that. And I'm not sure Brad and Alabama would like that either because I know Mitch and Brad, you know, get along really well and probably rather play somebody else. But, you know, if you're going to win and be in the winner's bracket, might as well play, might as well be playing each other. Well, last but not least, Paul Maneri, I guess, gets somewhat of a farewell tour as LSU gets in the field Heads to Oregon, where you got Gonzaga. I guess a tough two seed in there. Uh, you got Oregon, which is a certainly a very solid number one. You got Central Connecticut, kind of as the afterthought as a four. But that'll be the very interesting regional, uh, and and maybe the last one. Uh, certainly, maybe the last weekend of baseball play for Paul Maneri as he retires. He stepped down at LSU last week, or you know who knows? Maybe LSU catches fire and gets a date with the Vols and Knoxville in a rematch next week, and Tennessee can make it out. But anyway, that was one of the last questions was, would LSU make it in? I think most of us thought they would, and it was kind of neat to see the Tigers get their name called on Monday. It was, and uh, a lot of people thought that maybe him announcing his retirement on Friday was maybe a, you know, maybe that was a chance, just, a chance to throw it out there and hoping that the NCAA would say, well, you know, he's retiring last chance. They're really close. I don't know that the committee would look at something like that, but uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad they're in. I'm glad Alabama got in. I wish Georgia would have gotten in. I mean, I'm for as many SEC teams getting in as they possibly can. Cause I'm, you know, we support this league and we, we're, you know, we're, we cover this league, but we want people to be successful. So, the more success the league has, the more you can write about, more people will read and listen. But uh, I think Paul Maneri is a fantastic person. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, I know this year didn't go like they wanted it. Uh, I think it's a tough draw to go to Oregon. I think Gonzaga is pretty good as well. Uh, Oregon's going to be really tough. Great ballpark in Eugene. Uh, they share it with a minor league team there. Uh, whoever wins the Gonzaga LSU game, probably going to run into Oregon's number one because I can't imagine that they will throw they will throw I don't even know if they throw their two or three guy against Central Connecticut um, probably throw their midweek guy against that and uh, just kind of looking at is there is there any other regional where the one seed and the four seed could be any further apart on the map than Central Connecticut and Eugene Oregon I mean how in the world are they, are they going to get there I mean I, I've been to Eugene Chris, it's not easy. It's a long day. It's a long flight. Uh, I don't know that anybody else on here could be any any further away geographically than, than Central Connecticut State and uh, and Oregon. Just looking, just running through the brackets real quick. I I don't know that anybody else is any further away than them. But it's a it, that'll be a hard draw for any of those teams because Oregon's a really good, really. Good no, team. I I think that wins at hands down. Second place is probably Army going to Texas Tech, and, and Lubbock may not be the easiest place to get in and get out of from from New York. But yeah, I, I think that one that one takes the cake. That's I would not want to be on that flight. No, I, I'd have to look and see. I mean, I. I I've flown to Eugene from Tuscaloosa, and it's a, it's a Birmingham, Atlanta, uh, Salt Lake City. You can go to uh, or Birmingham to Seattle to, to uh, Eugene. You can fly into Eugene. A lot of people fly into Portland and drive, but it's traffic on that highway is, 
you know, we've driven it and it's taken as long as two and a half to three hours to go from Portland to, to Eugene. It's not easy to get there. It's a pretty dry, but it's just not easy to get there. Um, but uh, that, that, it, that'll be a long trip for all of these teams with the exception of Gonzaga who's in Spokane and that won't, that won't be that big of a, a deal for them, but it'll be, it'll be a long trip for LSU and it'll be a long trip from central Connecticut space. That'll be for sure. Barry, any final thoughts? Again, we are going to preview these more in depth during the week, but anything we didn't get to pertaining to Selection Monday or maybe any loose ends from last week as we end today's show? No, I think, uh, you know, I think the conference tournaments all went well from what you what I could see from everybody. And, uh, you know, I think people are just glad to be back in the ballpark and they're glad the NCAA has uh, – you know, lifted the 50% maximum capacity and, and opened it up to 100%. Man, I think there's some terrific, you know, matchups and regionals involving SEC teams and non-SEC teams. I mean, I think, you know, Florida and Texas sounds like a, you know, a college football playoff game if they were to get matched up. You know, Oregon and Tennessee, that Tennessee orange and that Oregon yellow and green, well, that'll – That'll hurt some eyes on TV if they get matched up. And uh, just just looking at that, I think Ole Miss and Arizona, you know, would be intriguing if South Carolina and TCU could play. You know, that that I think would be an intriguing matchup. And then, you know, Texas Tech paired up with Stanford. Uh, you know, those just there's some intriguing super regional potentials and different things. But I think as a whole, the SEC would be. I think if you ask Greg Sankey and you ask the SEC head coaches today, minus Scott Strickland. I think they'd all have to say, you know, we we won today with nine teams and seven hosts, and and I I think it's deserved. I think we we have a great league and we have great teams and we have a great brand, and I think a lot of people understand that already. And I think they'll learn more about this league in the you know in the coming days and weeks as the postseason you know begins and continues. Well, there's a lot more to learn uh, about the field of 64 and the days ahead. We will have all that covered here at the 14. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Chris Lee. He's Barry Allen. Be sure and check out our content at southeastern14.com. We'll see you back again on Wednesday with another episode of the 14.